know. I'm kind of smart sometimes. I don't. Not everybody is a sword and board crash and slash kind of character. And we, we whooped his ass, and he looked so Jeff, frustrated. Jeff, we whoop your ass? Tell, tell the world we whooped your ass, Jeff. The stuff that comes in the D&D starter kit is actually fantastic. I was blown away at how good it is woven together. People are exhausting and annoying to be around, so I stick with animals. When you put a map on the table that looks, that like, looks a like a vagina, yeah, you're you are get getting hazed. Yeah, yeah. And Welcome back to Roll with the Party. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm Todd. And I'm Lisa. And we are back. Uh, our last episode, we talked a lot about role-playing. Um, I think we're going to continue some of that conversation. We're going to just jump right back into uh, role-playing. I believe Sounds it was good. my turn mm-hmm. on the last Roll for Initiative. And that is correct. I wrote down... <laughs> a quick question yes. that had to do with role playing. All right, so a typical uh, tabletop role playing game consists of three major elements: one being combat, one being role playing, and one being exploration. Okay, that's uh, what we're going to go with on this question. What percentage of each makes a Ooh, perfect good, game? Good question. That's, that's, yeah. that's a good question. That's a good question. I know. I'm kind of smart sometimes. I don't want to go first. Uh, I, I can start it off. I personally really like combat, and I really like role-playing. Exploration, I'm not very good at. I like seeing the world. I like seeing it develop. But the whole playing the exploration part, the skills, the the going here, going there, it's it's not for me. So I would say combat, 40%, role-playing, 40%, and exploration, 20 hmm. That's what I'd go with. How do you find the combat and the role-playing if you don't explore? It's very true. I get it. But I'm just not good at the exploration. I, I disagree with that, but okay. Well, just my personal taste. Okay. Uh, uh, you don't like is, it, or you don't feel it, you're good it at it? It doesn't... A little of both. It doesn't tickle my pickle. <laughs> it doesn't wet my whistle. Whoa. Uh, yeah, okay, that was maybe not the best terminology Todd didn't there. lose the glasses yet, so you no, have not yet, so we're good. We're hey, getting uh, close. Kenny, Kenny tell, tell what we mean by Todd didn't lose the glasses. Well, when I, when I tend to say really, really dumb or cross the line a little bit on some of my comments, because I'm known to do that from, from time to mm-hmm. time, Todd will take his glasses off. Sigh, sigh yeah. and shake his head at me. Yeah. And there are nights where I actually try to make yes. that happen. Yeah. And you succeed. And it's, yeah, it's fun. very, very much successful. It is so. as fun for me as playing the game. Okay, so a perfect role playing game combat, role playing, Todd shaking his head at me, <laughs> and exploration. <laughs> I actually enjoy that more than exploration. Now, what do you mean in terms of exploration? Are you talking about travel or are you talking about. Having to find whatever the objective is. Travel, finding the objective, meeting the NPCs, uh, the world building stuff. Painting, this, this painting the world. Painting the world. Uh, getting a better idea. If I walk into a room, I my characters usually look for someone to talk to or someone to kill. Not necessarily, well, what color are the curtains? What I'm not necessarily good at asking those questions to set the setting. Understood. If you as the DM have three different parts of the, the setting we're in that need to be found, I'm not going to be the guy that asks those right questions okay. to find that stuff. I get it. I get it. Um, that being said, I love combat. 
I love clickety clackety rolling the dice. I love the RPing aspect. In fact, I might like role playing more than combat. It's fifty fifty with me on those two. Uh, I love bullshitting. <laughs> You're good at it. So that's sort of I and that's my kind of role play. Is I like the bullshitting part of it. Uh, but as far as those things go, what do you guys think? What do you guys like? So I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a question. I I feel like you might be missing a a, a chunk of the game. I very well could. The be. the puzzles and mysteries that need to be solved. Would you lump that into role playing? No, I think it's or, exploration. Let's let's lump or that into in exploration. Yeah, let's lump that into exploration. All right, then for me, if that's part of that, I would I'd go with like a third, a third, a third for yeah. all of these. I'd 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 split them kind of evenly. I think you need to have that back and forth. You can't always be fighting stuff and chucking dice. Uh, that will get old. That's that's your dungeon. That's your classic dungeon crawler. Uh, you know, yeah, some people like doing that. That's fine. That's for them. Uh, but I think you need to balance that out with uh, you're going around, you're seeing what's going on, you're interacting with other characters. Uh, we've had entire games where we just go shopping, and that's, that's role-playing. And I, I think you need that. But you wouldn't want to do that all the time. So that's why I say a, a real healthy balance of all three for me. Okay. But that's an easy, that's a scapegoat answer. No, because uh, I on. agree with him. Okay, that's a cheap answer too. What do you think your strengths are then? Let me put it that way. Not what, okay, 33, 33, my 33. Stre- okay, my what strength, do you think I would say, is, is exploration then. If we're lumping in the mystery building and the problem solving. Absolutely. Stuff, that would be where my strength is. But you have but I just think, as I much fun. I think you need to. Yeah, I have. I have fun doing all three. One can't exist without the other. And two. I, right, that's why it's a role playing game, and I, dummies. And I but would say, what yeah. makes a perfect game? What percentage of that would be perfect for you? And you're still sticking with 33, 33, 33. I, I am because I, I'm surprised he's sticking with 33.333. No, but my, my thought is, I mean, you're 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 going along, you're role playing, and then yeah, eventually you're just like, no, I want to hit something. And you get into that, and then you, you do that, and then you get tired of fighting things, and you're like, "Nope, I want to go around, and I want to, I want to talk to more people." Jeff is 100 percent correct. I think uh, that that goes back to depending on the makeup of your party too, because not everybody is a sword and board, crash and slash kind of character, yeah. and you have to make uh, a, a means for those people who aren't going to tank it out with the, the big baddie. I think that's where the exploration okay. comes in. And and that's where you discover that you know what if you drop the wrong thing in the on in the wrong spot then all of a sudden the trap trips and you got a dead guy. I, I agree with that, but honestly, the world doesn't give you what you want or need all the time. No, I, I get keeping everybody invested. That's actually my topic coming up: getting everybody invested in the game. But again, I hate to agree with Jeff because that scares me. But I believe it should be um, an equal mix of everything. Of those three things that you lump together, it should be a good equal mix. All right, take your DM hat off, put your player hat on. What do you think your personal strengths are there? I can kill shit. <laughs> Zoshin can kill and shit. How? I, well, I can kill yes, shit too. You, well, yeah, in yeah, real life you can. Yeah. But as as a player, forget about your character right now. If you're sitting down at a table with brand new folks, what are you hoping for? A what combat. Combat? A combat. Yeah. Because I shine. And I can't heal. I, I can solve puzzles. Yeah. I can solve rizzle, riddles because uh, I'm good at that. Yeah. Uh, that would not be role-playing, though, from last from last episode. Zoshin isn't the brightest bulb. He's not dumb, but he's not necessarily a puzzle guy. But when we had that puzzle game that I have to give shout-outs to Jeff. That was a fantastic game. It was one of my game. favorite games that I've played in. Um, we killed it. 
and we, we whooped his ass, and he yeah. looked so Jeff, frustrated. Jeff, we whoop your ass? Tell, tell the world we whooped your ass, Jeff. He looked so frustrated. <laughs> whooped it bad. I, I did not think as a group that you would get that many answers that quickly. But Almost 95% of them. While you were kind of upset in the moment about it. We were happy as hell. Look back on it. That is still, we still talk about how yeah. much fun that game Phenomenal. was. Phenomenal. You totally succeeded as a DM, even though in the moment you thought, oh, crap, guys, I think, I think you're beating me tonight. Well, and I'm going to say this, and Jeff's going to be mad at me. Jeff, in the back of his head, likes to win things. Oh, he loves to win. Okay. And uh, as a DM, your job, hey, DMs out there, please listen, pay attention right yep. now, tune in. Your job's to lose all the time. You're losing every time you play. That's your eventual job. Yeah. Because if you win, guess what you've just done? You've killed everybody. Right. Everybody's dead. Nobody's Lisa, coming back. I was not trying to kill you. No. Well, you were trying to kill uh, Mike. Yeah. Lisa. <laughs> it depends on the person. It depends on the party. Me personally. You personally. I enjoy role-playing and exploring more than I do combat now. When I played Lilith, I'd say it was more combat and exploring, less role-playing, because she didn't really require a whole lot of role-playing. Having Trixie as a uh, mostly all-talk individual, I appreciate the role-playing more than I do the combat now. Because here's me at level 8, stuck with all these people that are level 14, 15, 16, and I'm like, well, okay, I guess I suck compared to everybody else it goes back to that big fish in a little pond and Mm -hmm. trying to understand that you have a new role and adjusting with that so i think it depends on the person and the character me personally depending on what what character i'm playing is how much i want of each mix i think uh for pylum it's the same way but for me um I, i i like the puzzles i like the exploration i still think one of the best best one we had were we were trying to crack locks on um chests oh that was right. my game that was ken's yeah, game that was, yeah. that was ken's game and and you brought in the tavern puzzles so yeah here you go guys forget the dice i mean you got clickety clack all right that's for darn sure mm-hmm. and uh as, as i recall jeff pulled that one out at no the, it was chip no it was just chip, chip. Pulled that one out chip. the last second yeah. that's right yeah well, you solved your side i solved our very, side but i had no quickly input on the other one yeah, but was that was chip at the last second yeah, but that was that was phenomenally fun we uh, split the party we had we had one side of the table that there was an invisible force field between the group so only one half of the table could work on one puzzle while simultaneously the other half of the table had to work on a completely different puzzle and they couldn't help each other so another in- illustration of, of the same sort of thing is when the party took a trip to Mastika and we had to figure out a, a locational puzzle. Okay, so there were a lot of pieces, except they all involved the environment that you were in. This rock had to go in this place. This thing had to be there. It had to be a certain time of day, a certain time of night. You had a certain kind of light on the door, that sort of thing. Very exploration uh, very, heavy. Very, very exploration heavy. And those were very, very interesting sessions. But I, I, I go back to agreeing. I think it, I think it goes back to, here, here comes the monk. It, it, it's all about balance. It's all about balance and what the party's looking for and what you need. You can, over, you can become overwrought with combat to the point where you, you can't recover. And, okay, I'm tired of dropping dice on this. And... And you need something else to tease your brain, which goes into the, into the role play and the exploration. What do you feel you shine at? I like the role play and the exploration. I mean, 
at the moment, I don't have a character that's built to tank out in combat. He's a hand-to-hand guy, but he's 12th level, borderline 13th. I I disagree with you. I think you down there do probably the most damage. You're you're on par with uh, probably even Havoc doing those damage and, and i was gonna say your blows. key points to let you do some really cool well that's cool well shit. yeah and we and we play the character well and and or try to and i, I just think he's he's a fun character now but you know i remember for quite a while he mm. was the guy hanging in the back and hey not kid, anymore hey, hey kid don't don't get hit go where i tell you and, and stay within 10 feet well, yeah belkis belkis yeah. kind of took you under his wing for a while yeah. and said stick with me i'll keep you alive yeah you just Stick with me. Yeah. Don't get too far away. Now he's jumping off his ocean's head, jumping yep. on top of the, the enemy and killing it. Yep. You know, which is awesome. I love <laughs> and, it. And, and throwing deadly poison at another yeah. character. Yeah, right. That's all right. That's okay. That yeah, minimal. so great. Yeah. He caught it. That's all that matters. Yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So I think we're done with the whole... That was a good topic. Well, I, didn't, I, I did like that. Yeah, that one didn't go as well as I thought. Uh, you, those of you out in the listener world, send us a message. Let us know what you think about combat exploration. I think it's because we all agree pretty much. Yeah, we did. You know. Yeah. I think a good mix is a good mix. And so, as a DM, how do you uh, oh, yeah. facilitate that properly? Because you know, Mike, we are a bunch of whiny bitches sometimes. <laughs> Especially me last game. Like, yeah, yeah. We'll do we'll do combat heavy, and then everybody's like, "Oh God, we need to go shopping so bad." And then we do shopping, and then everybody's like, "This is so boring. Can't we do something else?" I will tell a little secret. Um, In my game, I secretly mix exploration with combat. I, I mix all three together. It isn't always that it's known that I've done that, but I do. Uh, something you may pick up from an enemy, I, I, I like to call it video gaming it. Um, something you pick up from an enemy may be very important later on in the game. Um, something you've seen or heard may be extremely important in the game. Role-playing-wise, if you piss somebody off in a town, it's going to hurt your exploration. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I, I mix all those together. That way, you know, they're so interspersed. If you segment things, like you just had, and, and Jeff is 100% right. A dungeon crawl is very difficult for a dungeon master for many reasons. Um, yes, there is exploration. That's pretty much 99% of a dungeon crawl. But the, the combat, all that sort of gets lumped together, and it gets murky. And you really don't determine what's what at a certain point. It becomes a slog, okay? And it's not fun for anybody, just like Lisa just said, the shopping trips. I mean, you know, you can shop. That's the thing you do with gold. You buy stuff. Yeah. It's the only yeah. thing there is to do. But eventually, you know, when you have nine people, that shopping trip's an entire game. Oh, yeah. You absolutely. Know? And it gets boring for some of the people sitting there, and you see them on their phone. You know, that, that's, my, that's my next topic, keeping everyone interested in a big game. That's going to be one of my next topics yeah. that I'm going to bring up. But the, the issue is that what we're trying to accomplish now is keeping everything mixed up and keeping everybody interested, keeping everybody on their toes. And, you know, I know, for instance, oh, you'll remember this. I thought one of the games that Jeff would have this shit down. I thought, boy, he's going to figure out every one of these puzzles. And if he doesn't, guess who I thought would also? Todd. Motherfuck, guess what really happened? Hmm. Lisa came up with all the fucking answers. Yeah? And, Crazy, I know. Yeah, and I was, no, because <laughs> they, were, they were catered. Dumb woman. They were catered towards those two people, yeah. individuals. They weren't catered towards their characters. They weren't catered towards anything else but them as people because I know them. And Lisa just ran in and killed it. So 
the DMs will get surprised. Yeah. Sometimes your players will push you towards one of those 33%, okay? And they'll make you realize that that's what they like to play more. And I'm okay with that. I think you have to be malleable. I think you have to honestly look at what your people like and make sure they get what they want. That's, that's, much that's very good DM advice. Jeff, you're up, buddy. What's your topic? So I'm going to spin that. I'm gonna, we're going to elaborate on what we were just talking about. So this was a user-submitted topic. So this came from Twitter, I'm assuming. Uh, how do you write or conduct a good campaign? Is it something that just comes with experience? Or are there generally things that can be done to make things interesting? And I do not remember who submitted that one. Okay. Uh, so if that was you out there listening, I apologize. And if you remind me, I will absolutely give you credit. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll start the discussion there, um, uh, hinging off what Mike was just going on. So, first of all, yes, the, the more you've played the game, the more you can build into your adventures, uh, that you can weave things together, go back and forth. So, obviously, experience will help. If you don't have that experience, though, there are tons of resources to use. There is so much content out there. Just go read. You just need to read things. Uh, grab some easy adventures. The stuff that comes in the D&D starter kit is actually fantastic. I was blown away at how good it is woven together. Use that and then jump from there and, and, and go from there. Uh, grab things you know out of popular culture. Think Lord of the Rings. Think Harry Potter. You know, bring that stuff in and, and use it. Uh, you know, and yes, at first you'll start, it'll be kind of tropey. You'll have... You'll have the stuff that's like, oh, I can see this coming a mile away. And then you start just tweaking it as you go through and you'll build it and become more. Uh, another thing that was just discussed, you have to know your players. If you know one player is really good at solving puzzles, build some puzzles for that person to solve. If you know someone likes to chuck dice, get get them separated and have them have a one-on-one -on -one battle with some major entity. Uh, and, and you just kind of kind of learn your group and what they like and what they don't like. And that will make your sessions that much better because everyone will be having fun. And then back to the thing that Ken just brought up recently, that whole uh, trivia thing, that was something I came up with to try and get the people who don't normally say anything to participate. And... You had, I took a you chance. Everybody, and it, it was a lot, of and fun. it worked. Everybody was every in on that. single was person at that table yeah. was engaged, yeah. and I found that is my hardest. That's the hardest thing to do as a yep. DM at our table is to get nine people all engaged at the same time, right. and you crushed it. Do you Lisa. maybe want to uh, further elaborate for listeners what it is exactly that you did that that got us so engaged? Okay, so we had a, we were trying to track down a vampire. Uh, that was the overall mission, but. Um, I wanted to make it that no, you couldn't just find them easily. So there was a there was a festival going on in town, and in that festival, one of the big events was this whole trivia competition, and it was just simple. They were they were riddles. They were just riddles to solve. So I went out and I looked up a whole bunch of riddles on the internet, uh, wrote them down, had had answers for them, and I threw them out. And the group got the first crack at them. And they, they knocked it out of the park. They were getting, they were answering them. They were well, sol if, if solving them left and right. Answered a riddle. And then if you answered oh, a riddle, you could ask a riddle. And that was the thing that yeah. really got us involved, which was awesome. Right. And then also, and then if they didn't get it, I had developed stats for all of the NPCs. 
and I was rolling percentile dice to figure out if they because uh, as the as the, as the DM uh, look who I'm did it this my, time yeah, I'm checking my mic uh, as the DM obviously I know all the answers so I had percentile dice for every single NPC participating in this challenge Dirty Jesus it, was our biggest yes. competition <laughs> and, uh, right. oh my god he's a badass and if, and if no one could get it I was rolling dice and depending on their abilities they would either get it or not get it uh, and, and we kept going around and we were trying. Yeah, there was this, there was a couple parties that were supposed to be real good competition. But again, the group was knocking it out of the park. So there was less competition than I thought. And flavor wise, see, this is actually what I liked most. He built it that it was a yearly event. Like this was at a, this was at a yearly event and there was a trophy. There was oh, a lot. yeah. I mean, this was, this wasn't just like, hey guys, you're, you're going to answer a bunch of riddles. There was a, there was a setup and a hit and a, and a hit out of the park. You know, like there was a returning champ. Yep, yep. There was like the mayor of the town was the one presenting everything. And it was it was really well done. Mm-hmm. You had all of us engaged and you you literally had people. I was one of them jumping up and down when we solved a riddle fast. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, and the only thing I had to force was that obviously you had to show up right when that festival was occurring. So that's the only thing I had to do was manipulate time a little bit. Otherwise... It was it. What we played it out as we played it out. I didn't yeah. force you to do anything. So, so what makes a good campaign? I'm going to give uh, a little trick that I use. Um, I am a notorious thief in real life and cheater. So if there's a shortcut to be had, I find that shortcut and I make it mine. Uh, I like to say it's just the smart way to do things. Other people say it's unoriginal. Whatever. The Pixar Story Spine. Have you guys ever heard of this? Yes, I have. I have so not. So it was originated by some guy named Kevin something or other. He was a theater improv guy, uh, which you could save love on improv. that one, buddy. Yeah, he was an improv guy. He came up with this, and eventually Pixar stole it from him. Pixar now uses it in every single one of their movies. And how it goes is Pixar's Once Upon a Time Story Spine. So you say, Once Upon a Time, this happened. And every day, this happened. Until one day, this happened. And because of this, and because of this, until finally, and every and ever since that day, blank. You just fill in the blanks after that. It's a great way to start a story. It's almost like a Mad Lib. It is very much like <laughs> a Mad Lib. That would be great. And you can start your adventures that way as well. And let the players... Ever since that day, this is what happened. Now go. It's go time. I love it. I love it. It's a good, cheap way to start out when you have no clue what you're doing. Well, you're selling yourself short. You're filling in all those what ifs, then if they're... That's just helping you format your adventure. Exactly. Your your adventure is still yours. Right. Your imagination is still yours. We all have these ideas, I think. I think anybody could be a DM. If you don't think you can be a DM, you absolutely can. 100%. All you need to do is learn how to take your cool ideas and put them in a way that other people can play them. I think um, where most people sell short, sell themselves short, that is, is the fact that uh, you know we all have these these creative veins we just don't tap into them mm-hmm. like we should uh heck you guys might even know this but i write on the side uh and as a as a writer on the I, side of what yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> that's right. 
<laughs> not on the side of your building. So, oh, okay. yeah, right. Thank so, you. Uh, um, a, a, as a writer, sometimes you get into these grooves, and and the biggest things that you can do, going back to to what Jeff had said, is is know your audience. Number one, so know your players, and number two is keep it simple. If you're using an outline, there's nothing at all wrong with that. Uh, I mean, it's it's a perfect way to do it. When my kids were were in school and they were you know taking their English classes, uh, that's my forte. So I'd say, hey, look, don't sit there trying to write the perfect sentence, you know, three hundred times till you get whatever paper that you're supposed to write. Go ahead, write your outline, write your what my my editor friend and I call the the SFD the shitty first draft and and just <laughs> just write down the first thing that comes to your mind and just start the flow you can neaten it up later and that tends to work you'd be surprised at how much creative thought just comes from that sort of deal i think the pixar idea is 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 fantastic and it works but mike's right it's your idea they're just giving you a format to move it forward i totally just used it um, I was asked to, to be on a live stream with a buddy of mine from the internet. His name's uh, Mark. He's from Gamers Ledge. Uh, I will absolutely promote the heck out of him. He is a brilliant DM. I see a lot of similarities between Mike and our group going back way back in the day and him and his group out on the West Coast. Um, he does a show called Four DMs, One Idea, where you get one word and you have 15 minutes to come up with an adventure hook um and i totally had the pixar story spine written down and ready to the side because i only had 15 minutes to come up with an idea they shouted out the the idea was capricious elephants which you did wonderful by the way thank you very much first of all i had to look up what capricious meant because i, I knew we that. saw you doing I that too. Yeah. i do yeah. not know what that word means that's okay uh, but apparently i wasn't the only one the other three guys right. also had to look it up but they, they said capricious elephants, and I went right to my story spine, and I said one day this, and then this, and then this, and then this. And that's how I came up with my idea and formatted it so I didn't have to worry about a format. I could just totally rely on the creative ideas coming out. Um, I will put a link to his shows and his YouTube. The guy's great. Um, I'll give him a shout-out real quick. It's a really great guy. I've bounced some ideas off him for uh, campaigns that you've asked me to run, and he's really helped me out, so... We'll go with that. How do how do how do you guys, how do you guys do this? What what makes I, a good campaign? I think life is your plot hook. Life every day. Just keep your eyes open. Trust me. Um, there's there's two main things that I do. One, let's for instance, um, I'm going to give something up here, but it's not going to be that bad. I, I I bought miniatures. I bought little miniatures that are dogs and kitties. But there's a dog paladin and a kitty monk, and they're and they're they're actually that's what they are. Okay, so let's just say. You know, and there, there's a couple, there's like a chihuahua thief, like rogue. Yeah. Uh, it's, they're really cool, and I'm going to paint them up. So let's just say somebody's powerful enough to transform your party that has all these, you know, I, I'm pretty badass. Ocean's pretty badass, but turn me into Doberman Pinscher. Not so badass. So you bought the miniatures on a whim and said, I'm going to create an adventure around these miniatures. Right. Why wouldn't you? Oh, that's brilliant. Okay. Now, beyond that, you just build on what you have and what you know. Don't try to go outside your realm knowledge. It's, it's you know, life is... Life is contained in where you're at, so do your due diligence. If you need something or you want to look something up, that's fine, but become an expert on it before you lead people down that path. The other thing is, too, this is a big secret. Sometimes I just have a plot hook and I let you guys do the adventure. 
Yeah, I know. Okay, I know. Because I'm just like, I'm just like, there's a town, and you went in it, and everybody's gone, and the windows are flapping back and forth, and the food looks like it's maybe a month old. You know, there's mold over everything. And uh, a month ago, everybody was doing trade in this town. Go. Ooh, bonus bonus points for expiration on that one. You know, so but see, I'm going to be cocky here. I have a great party of people. I have intelligent, inventive, investigative. And then guess what? Jeff just wrote my adventure. <laughs> yeah. I could just sit there tonight yeah. and he'll find someone to go, oh, you're right. Look at that. Oh my. You know, but, but that's, that's when you get a party like I have, you can do that. And see, now Jeff's having fun because guess what? Jeff just figured something out. Yeah. But Jeff really didn't figure anything out. I just said he did. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah. there's a big bad that Kim found. Kim found this big bad. It was actually a druid that's evil. You know, it, it's just, sure, that sounds good. Sure, that yeah, works. Yeah, that works for me. We're going to go you with that. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. But you have to stay, it's again, flexibility, flexibility, flexibility. You stay malleable. You float. If people are enjoying it, you go with it. And it doesn't matter what I like. Mike Krunko is a DM. It doesn't matter what I like. Don't I don't run the adventures for myself. There's some that I've been. There's some adventures I've been super excited about, super stoked, and then went over like a fart. Yeah. Okay. Other ones I'm like, eh, okay, whatever. And everyone's like, oh my god, this is great. So, you know, it's all about who you're playing for. It's me that's running the story. I'm running the campaign. I'm painting the pictures. You guys have to enjoy it. Lisa brought up a few episodes ago about problem DMs and problem players. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the biggest things that makes a DM a problem is when they feel it's their story. Yes. When it's their book they're going to write and they want their story to play out with their ending and and their character manipulations. Mm -hmm. And it's... I don't think it is, and, and I think we all agree that it's the player's story. Right. It's the DM's job to kind of wrangle up the cats. Yeah. And just see right. what Heard they the do. Cats. Heard. Heard the cats. Heard that the cats. It goes back to last episode with Todd um, talking about role-playing. That's, that's a strictly only role-playing adventure because you're not throwing down any clackety-clack rocks. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're not letting chance take an effect on anything. You're telling a story. Basically, just have them sit around a campfire at that point. Right, you're not playing D and D. You're reading a book. The one thing I wanted to spin off this too was, um, as you said, a, a DM will have a plan. You want to minimize how much you railroad your players into forcing them to do things. You've got to come up. Yes, people will randomly go left. Yeah, who that is? He's bringing help on himself now. <laughs> he is. That's he nice. He still feels like guilty. But, We've taught him. But yeah. you have to have some options. I'll, I'll throw back to the adventure I had. Uh, we were on a coastal town, and you had a chance. You could go along the coast, and that was the total wrong direction. I didn't fully flesh that out, but I had that option available. I had thought of a few things. Oh, if they decide to go the wrong way for who knows what reason, because they completely misread a clue, go ahead and go the wrong way. I've got it planned out a little bit. And then by the next session, I can elaborate on that if necessary. You, you've got to give yourself a little bit of material where you can improv and and if they go the complete wrong direction, deal with it. Uh, the same thing is you, you probably should have multiple ways to drop clues because yeah. you could make the most obvious thing. There's a key on the table and no one looks on the table. So guess what? You know, they never find the key that's on the table. I'm going to say one thing because he's 100% right. Uh, not last game, but the game before that, if Lisa's character wouldn't have kicked the little girl into the water, 
She wasn't going into the water. Yeah. That and really then, does not make me sound good. Well, that's okay. It's out of context. <laughs> it needed to happen. It needed to happen. That girl I, I, needed I will, to get I, will, water. I will confess, if you hadn't, I would have. I was just too far away, and I didn't want to say it because, you know, in our game, if you if you take the action out of another player's hands. They can't do they it. Can't they can't do it, do it which is yeah. a great rule. But So Lisa won the game. Speaking of Lisa, you are begrudgingly going to be in that DM seat someday. Because I think a lot of us want to see I what do. you got. Yeah. So how I don't, we, I don't want to see that was, what I, That's news I to wanted, me, but that's yeah. fine by me. She's, <laughs> she's Anybody go, can do it. She's going to do an adventure at some point because I just really want to see how that happens. I've known her for a very long time. I want to see what's in that brain. So let's get a little peek. Hold on, hold I, on. I fucking do. And then Come all on. three of us can play together. Oh. Yes. No, see, can, that's the, that, that is the exact, fucked. that is the exact reason why I don't want to do it. But that's, <laughs> that's going to push you to be even better. It's going to happen. So let's get over that. Let's take a peek into your brain. How would you formulate an adventure? Well, being that I've never done this before, I'd want something that was a little bit smaller or something that was a little bit more intimate. I'm not looking to build a world. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, to me, it would have been uh, something small like an adventure in a village or in a city, you know, a something. Plot hook. A yeah, plot hook. something that, that's smaller, more intimate, and doesn't require a heavy bit of uh, travel. You know, it's, it's not something that I've put a lot of thought into because of my lazy brain, and I, and I have to give you guys credit, and, and Mike, you know, him making intimate scenarios and world building scenarios where they are interesting and they are engaging. Those things are something that I don't think I could ever do in the same vein. I don't have I, that. I disagree. Same. Well, the I, guy's been doing it for 36 years. He already said, well, well I, I sort of disagree with Lisa. And it's not because you're my wife and you'll poison my food. Um, you read a lot more than anybody, maybe except for Todd at this table. Yeah. Maybe maybe Jeff is second just because of his job and all the you know requirements of that. I read, but it's not fun stuff. Correct. <laughs> and your imagination, and, and you'll definitely agree with me. I Kenny. see it. Your imagination is unbelievable because you have a pull to pull from. The things that you could bring to bear against the group would probably overshadow the shit that I could think of. And she's evil. You put her in. Absolutely. She would have no qualms about killing any of the three no, of us. No, and I'm good with that. That's why I want her in that I, seat. That's right. I totally agree. I, I like a challenge. Right. I'd like a challenge. And I think Lisa could bring a challenge. The only problem, the biggest enemy Lisa has is her. Because yes. she doubts that she can do it, so therefore she can't. You know, well, if, I've seen the hazing ritual, ritual that comes with somebody sitting in that seat that's oh, never sat you're in that definitely, seat You're definitely getting hazed. Hold on. When you put a map on the table that looks, that like, looks a like a vagina, yeah, you are get getting hazed. Yeah, yeah. And listeners, that did happen, that and I did not do happened. that. I did not yes. do that. God so, bless Derek. He sat there patiently while we, for 25 minutes, roasted the shit out of his map. Got the Todd glasses. I was about to say, that was not me. So no, I was wondering who there. that was. Got yeah. the Todd glasses. <laughs> it was a bridge. It. it was a bridge, just to paint the picture, over a river. The river looked like the opening of a. Um, it was. It was well, bad. Yeah, it was bad. Yeah. It Let's was, just go with that. Yeah, like it was. It was whoever yeah. created that map. They knew what they were doing. Did it to yeah. look like a vagina, Definitely. and our friend Derek just happened to not see it. He didn't. And 
put it on the table and said, this is where you guys are adventuring. And I said, man, I've been trying to adventure there forever. I'm going to go spelunking. Oh, the jokes. The, the jokes. floodgates yeah. open. I, I asked if my sword was long enough for this adventure. Oh, we oh, were yeah. crying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Just he, like, he was know. not as amused as the rest of us, but we all had a great time. But Lisa, time I, I will say this, and this is now on recording. Please start thinking of an adventure, even something small. You know, if we let Jeff adve- still still DM. <laughs> something small I mean, for come your on. vagina map. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's go over a, a babbling brook, not a raging river, okay? Okay, okay. fair enough. The idea that I have, um, th- this uh, hopefully everybody will understand, I enjoy multi-classing a character. Um, it's one of my favorite things to do because I think you can get more flavor out of a character if you multi-class it. Now, that isn't something you start necessarily with at the first time you actually roll up a character. But there's so many neat meshes in this game and things you could combine and create by taking a character and giving it two real classes. Two unbelievably awesome things. And I, I know, you know, for instance, um, there's a bunch of classes that shouldn't mesh that do very well. Like a Warlock and Paladin. Um, the extra spell slots, the smites, and the other abilities that they both can give each other, it's phenomenal. And But you have to be the specific kind of warlock, and you have to be the specific kind of paladin. To min-max it, correct? Correct. <laughs> there you go. No, you're right. It goes back to min-max. I knew we would be here again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all right. But um, multi-classing, a lot of people think, is difficult, is hard, and it actually waters down your, your character. And it, depending on your game, it could. Our game, we take our characters to level 30. Just like the old, 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 old days. We have not necessarily prestige classes, but you can go above 20. So therefore, you could have two classes, one at nearly 20 and one at 20 if you wanted. Okay, or you could go to 30 with one class and 10 with another. Okay, or you could go uh, crazy and do 5, 11, 6, you know, like Rob would. Um, I think, honestly, multi-classing helps you flesh out your character because not one necessarily, not one class can actually do everything. It's designed that way. But I think a fighter cleric can do a whole hell of a lot, more than most, especially if you pick the specific subclasses that will help you do these things. Um, How do you feel about multi-classing, Kenny? I I don't do it. I know. That's why I asked you first. Yeah. I don't do a whole lot of multi-classing. I have a lot of good multi-classing ideas, but I'm too nervous to pull the trigger. Now, you do it with NPCs. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, I do it with NPCs. So why wouldn't you do it with your PC? I'm lazy. It's a lot to keep track of, keeping track of all the different abilities. Uh, same reason I wouldn't want to play a wizard, because I'm lazy. I don't okay. want to keep track of all those spells. Um, even if you notice, when I played a cleric, I didn't change my spells too often. I knew what spells worked. I knew what spells I needed. I stuck with them. Uh, I love my rogue. I'm going to keep him as a rogue. He's really good at thieving. He's really good at sneaking. I'm good with that. No, I understand. It. Uh, and you eventually will be more powerful than a watered-down rogue. Yeah. Um, I I could probably play a multi-class character if I really wanted to put the time in it and map it all out. Uh, just not my thing. I like sticking with one class. I understand. What about you, Lisa? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of with Kenny. I, I like seeing things through to the end. And I'm sure that there are certain classes that would work well with a bard. I know that there's... Sorcerer would be great. And I know that there were plenty of times with Lilith and the Ranger that you were like, oh, if you just take a couple levels in Fighter, you could do that. Action Surge. And I'm like, nah. But that's just 
me. I'm not looking to uh, win the game. I'm just looking to play my character how I see she would be. Like, I get that. Her thought process. But even in, in our game, in our game, um, you know, because you've played long enough, if you want to decide to be a wizard or a fighter, you better have access to those abilities to learn how to do that. It isn't that you just wake up one day and you're a fighter or you're a wizard. You better have somebody teach you. You're going to take time out in the game and learn this stuff, too. Yeah, I, th I think the only, th the only thing I would ever even consider multiclassing my rogue into would be Warlock. and uh, That opens a giant can of worms. But that's just for the role-playing aspect Good. of it. I could yeah. see Hank getting stuck in a situation that Where he, he thinks he's smarter than the he thing he's He couldn't talk himself of. out of, and the only way to get out of it is to make a deal. Yeah. And so he makes that deal thinking, eh, oh, I'll smart this evil fiend somehow mm -hmm. later down the line. I'll just have to be a warlock for a while. Right. But uh, role-playing-wise, I don't see him being a fighter. I definitely don't see him being a cleric. Uh, he dabbles enough in magic where it's good enough. He wouldn't necessarily... He's an arcane trickster. Yeah, he wouldn't want to be a full-on <sighs> wizard or sorcerer. Uh, Druid, definitely not. No. <laughs> he likes the city way too much for right. that. Um, Ranger, no thanks. Mr. Jeff? So, um, building off the min-maxing thing from last episode, uh, I, I agree that, you know, multi-classing has its purpose and you can you can do it really well. Uh, especially, there are a lot of really great two-class characters. Mm -hmm. Combos. You know, uh, mm -hmm. fighter mage, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I will say, it, there's those, those level 18, 19, 20 things that they've put in this edition where, like with COG, I have every intention, if I live that long of basically taking them to a level 20 artificer because of just the, the things they give you. And yes, I could multi-class him into 10 different things and kind of build flavor that way. I Just for this specific character, I think I'm going to try to stay pure one character. But I, mm -hmm. I, but I have no problem doing multi-classing, just not with what I'm doing with my current character. Yeah, that makes sense too. And the, the thing that I, I hate is, and no offense, uh, you picked a, a character class that is still doesn't have as much support in my mind as you know fighter paladin cleric you know you're you're the the class you picked artificer um you know there's no level 30 ability for that because a lot of people haven't put that out yet 2c well, like, gaming yeah with please the epic well, level like, handbook please give us please an artificer. give us an artificer update yeah we love your stuff you're definitely not listening to this, but you did respond to me on Twitter once, so maybe you would listen to this. Yeah, we would love a level 30 artificer. We will pay you. We'll play test it for you. We definitely. will play test it for you. Oh, my you. God. We will play test the shit out of it. We will let you know everything you'd ever want to know about it. We, we really need that supplement, honestly, because I don't think it's fair to come up with a character you know, of that stature and the capability that your character has and sort of just leave him at 20. I think he deserves to see what a level 30 ability is. You get what I'm saying? Oh, it could do that. But, I mean, I, I've already got planned out if, I, if I'm going there. There's the boons. The boons there's nice. extra feats. Yeah. Um, I can play with it. I might multi-class yeah, from there if that doesn't exist. Well, you got um, some time. But I do intend. Yeah. Oh, I know I have time. So but I'm if 2C Gaming starts on it now, oh, yeah. they could probably get it. I'm sure they have an outline already. Yeah. In fact... If they put it out and want us to play test it, I'll even give you some extra experience points so you can get there. There you go. Don't tell I, Mike. I, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I won't. Mr. Todd, what do you think about all that? I think that if it comes about organically, then that's the RP part of it. If it, like if it, it. makes sense and if the opportunity is there character-wise to do it, then it's, mm -hmm. it's possible. Like, I agree. And I'm going to spin off that. That's like when Lisa's character 
rolled played that, the crime. Rolled that, what was that, zero, zero, or zero, yeah, one, zero, one. Exactly. And yeah. got a free level in Cleric. Not only was that an awesome situation from an RP perspective, sure. it all worked, and it was like, yeah, everything synergized, and it just made sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And when that and that happens, I'm sorry. No, you're you're right. That's that's not something that I would have ever wanted. But my I wanted character. to open the door for you. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. And it's it's now neat to know that, you know, we have a player that brought in a a what was thought dead god. And mm-hmm. he's slowly turning everybody into believers of Chrome. Chromites. Yeah. Go ahead, Todd. Finish your thoughts. No, what I was going to say was that uh, it, it at some point when uh, Pylom, my monk, started to, to gain level and actually become useful as something other than a traffic cone in a, in a graveyard standoff, uh, <laughs> <laughs> then... Uh, you know, we we had actually had a discussion about uh, you know taking him taking him a little warlock side. Yep, yep. Uh, Mike's got this thing for warlocks. I don't know what it is, but um, it it didn't feel organic to me, and I liked the way he was going. I also thought that the the age of the character himself that uh, he wouldn't be making decisions like that when he was late teens and things like that he, he, he would might want to but it would seem like entirely too much work although he's a monk he was used to a lot of work to begin with but uh, it was physical uh, yeah physical. sure sure yeah. sure it's physical labor but um I, I just didn't didn't feel it to be organic and now that i have him you know close to 13 then uh i i feel like his 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 discipline is a lot more pure and and i like the character uh, a little bit I'm actually looking forward to seeing him at level 20. So Mike likes Warlocks, and I'm going to give up your secret here, because it introduces a patron that now has influence over your character. I can shut you off at any time. <laughs> to, <laughs> to put little things in your head, and hey, maybe you should do this, and stir up extra role-playing That's opportunity. That's right, sure. Now, it, it, it doesn't seem to the... the to me, I'm, I'm going to toot my own damn horn. Um, a lot of people don't realize... The role playing that's going on because it's so organic down there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are going to happen or not going to happen. If you quit praying in your cleric, your power is going to wane. Yeah, it, things aren't going to work out for you. If you are devout and you pray as much as you possibly can and you build shrines, that's cool. You know, that's something that's going to happen. Then you're going to be more powerful. Again, like I see nothing wrong with a monk cleric. I don't. Mm-mm. But like Todd said. You would have to be introduced to a god that you really felt kismet with, that you you thought were you know was oh my gosh, this is something that I could really get behind. Ilmater has a bunch of monks. They do uh, monk temples. Yeah. There's and, a, there's a, again there's a healing class of monk which is one of the best healing classes. They hit you in the head and heal you. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. You know it's a uh, it's hilarious, but it works. It works. That's about all I got on that one. Anybody else add anything? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Not for yeah. that one. Todd, you're up. Well, okay, we can build off that though. So, you know that that kind of leads, if we're, if we're going the organic route, into how attached to you, how how attached are you to your character? <laughs> okay, how badly uh, do you want to, to do you want to see him succeed, him or her succeed, and make it through? Or, you know, let me, let me paint the picture a little bit. Okay, so so our party, we have a large party. What we don't talk about a lot is the fact that our party has kind of a wide range of of experience levels between us. Uh, I'm a 12 going on 13. I'm 10. Yeah. Eight. I'm 20. 
So, you know, there, there's a gap 12. there. Mm-hmm. I'm 12. And <laughs> I, I know there have been some times where, where I've looked at Jeff after a game and, and I go, okay, you know what? I, I swear to goodness, I think the DM's trying to kill us all because he's bored playing his super paladin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm just trying to kill y'all to kill y'all. I'm not bored playing Zotian. He just enjoys it. I just enjoy it. it. Yeah, I like it. But uh, I, you get a lot invested in your in your in your character or at least i do i i feel i have a lot of personal when i when i built him out right i built him as a as a reflection of, of a lot of parts of of me and so i'm kind of fond of him i mean if he dies he dies i get that if it's wasted i'm gonna be pretty ticked off so so i've played a number of characters and so i'm not overly attached the reason i'm attached to cog and i think also uh, with Pylum, even though we don't chum up as Ken alluded to, is we both know there's this whole Eberron story going on. Mm-hmm. You're waiting to see, and I want to, I want to explore that. Yeah. And that's I'm attached to him from that aspect. So if I die on some silly thing in Faerun, I'm gonna go. Oh man, there's this whole story that just never happened. You get blown and, up in an alley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, no, it's it, but yeah. If I Come go on. to Eberron and I die because the big bad in Eberron takes me out, and that un- and I learned most of my story, I'm gonna like that a lot better than I randomly mm. exploded in an alley yeah. <laughs> in, in Faerun. But it could uh, happen. Uh, no, agreed. I'm just I'm just saying that yes, I'm attached to my character from the point I want to finish his story, but then. I'm okay. I can move on to another character. That kind of thing. If I die gloriously, that's perfectly okay with me. And I don't I, have to die gloriously. No? No. No. It you, could just, whatever. You know, just throw me attached? in the back of an alley. No, I am attached. I don't necessarily need to die gloriously. I could die in a perfectly stupid way and be sad. It's just as satisfied. That's why I got so mad last game. I rolled a one to tie a knot, and it totally ruined it a big piece you, of though. my character, but it ruined a big piece of my character. And I, I threw a hissy fit and I threw a temper tantrum. He was going to commit suicide. I was a he little was. baby. He I was, was going to get rid of my but character. Me I was as a such DM, a little baby. I, I handled that very well. You I did. Yeah. You did. You were you were definitely the bigger man, and and I just threw a fit and I apologized afterwards. I, I did. Know. No, that's okay. But I threw a fit, and I guess as a DM, on one hand, and maybe I'm trying to make myself feel better about it, is. You've done such a good job getting us invested in our characters that when somebody throws a hissy fit, it's kind of a pat I'm on okay your back. I'm okay with it. And, and you'll, you'll look at me and agree. I was okay when there was fistfights down there. Remember that? You were. I was okay when people threw chairs at each yeah, other. Yeah, you were Because okay they that. were that angry about their... Not at me. No one ever dared do that at me. No, but it no. was all the players. And they would go at each other because the player would make a bad move. They would go left. They would jump up. They would they would open the wrong box or whatever it was that they did. And tell would, the truth. Yeah, right. Exactly. They would tell the truth all the time, and it would cause problems with players. And they were so invested yeah. in their characters that they would they would actually stop talking to the other person in real life. I love that. I mean, that meant I succeeded. But I mean, it's a feather in your cap for for Jeff's answer too. Yeah. That. He's invested in his character because he wants to see this story. Yeah, That's a lot of pressure, too. The story better be good. <laughs> it is. It's phenomenally good. And Kenny, answer this question. Where's one of the Bathsheba stones that we know of? It is in, in Eberron. It is in Eberron. But if you're min-maxing your character. Yes. Okay. Do you have the same investment in it? Or do yes, you because just, you're planning it out. Or you just care about the clickety-clacks and, oh, wow, okay, I'm, no. I've maxed him out. I can't do anything else with him. This guy's boring. Let me start over. That's I'm what, sure there are people that are like that. Yeah. But that's I think why you we can go to level get, 30. You can get to that, yes. Yeah. That's why we have a level 30, though, because it's a lot longer to get bored with your character. But we all also said that 
when it comes to multi-classing, we all agreed that it has to make role-playing sense. It has to be organic. It yeah, has to Todd make sense. That. It I does. would only ever yeah. do that if it made sense for my character. So as much as, and, and I do like to min-max a bit. I like to be good at what I'm good at. But I still, I, 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 why not both? Yeah, you can I have really fun. like the story parts of it too, and the role playing aspect. I honestly would send Zoshin away at this point, right now, within the game. Yeah, because there's things that I would like him to do thematically, story wise, that he won't be able to do uh, with the group. I but, never. Oh, I'm but sorry. But the group, no, it's fine. But the group needs me more than I need to be somewhere else. Yeah, I think you got a lot of people counting on you. Yeah, that's. I don't know if that's my ego or it's reality. Both. We don't have a lot of boom. Right. You know, we, we have some boom, but not as much as we might need later on. And I know what's coming up. And again, I will fucking smoke my character. Yeah. I don't care. It sucks. And I don't care if I die, I fall over a dead hooker into a pit of bottomless death. And if that's the way I die, it's the way I die. That'd be it's, a good way to go. I guess. But that's stupid. I and mean, that's just the way he dies. You know, but I, I, but I have to hold myself and my character to the same standards I hold you guys. You know, if if you guys die stupidly in an alley, oh darn! You can we st- can we film it and send it to uh, Faerun's funniest home videos? <laughs> you, you yes, guys, I want you to send it to the Red Wizards of Thay. That they put Ooh, a mark on my head. The yeah. Red Wizards. Yeah, please, please send it to that. Lisa, what about you? I've gotten attached to a couple of your characters, and and then then not they go off on these hiatuses. I never well, got I, attached to Lilith. I, she was a bitch. She was cold. And I kept trying. I and I would try to poke through that hard exterior, and and I think I was starting to starting to make a little bit away and then no no i'd be more upset if trixie died than if hank died mm. that is what? how attached i've gotten to trixie playing because i'm a good time okay she has been so much more fun for me to play my character bouncing things so at least how, how attached are you i'm i'm very attached because when i make a character i i take a facet of my own personality and that's that's the seed that gets the whole thing started yeah Lilith was cold and aloof and kind of bitchy. I've been cold and aloof and but kind of bitchy. When, and I'm going to interrupt Trixie's you. When you came time. to me, when you started Lilith, you said, I grew up in the woods. I didn't have any exterior um, you know, motivation to deal with people. I, I don't trust people. Um, my uncle was the only person I really dealt with. I didn't know family members. Um, I only work with people to make money. And that was it. And there was really no color. She didn't want color. She didn't want strings. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And I like that. And she played that well. She didn't get attached to any of us. None of us. We were attached to her. Yeah, we needed her. We needed her, right. She, yeah. she didn't she care. She didn't need us. She didn't care. No. no. She needed Trevor the dog. And, yeah. you know, yes. yeah, that's Absolutely. what she needed. Yeah, right. But that's that's the uh, introvert side of myself, uh-huh. you know, where people are exhausting and annoying mm-hmm. to be around. So I stick with animals because an animal will never let you down like a person will let you down. Amen. And, and they're happier to see you. And yeah, they're happier to see you. you and know, Jeff told me he once put his dog in the trunk and let his dog out of the trunk, and the dog was very happy to see him. He did not get the same result when he put his wife in the trunk. <laughs> God. His wife's oh never happy God. to see him anyway. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, she already doesn't like our show anyway. <laughs> She's not listening. It doesn't matter. Oh, my God. You got two, oh. two head got two shakes. two glass off head shakes. At the yeah. same time. Yeah. That's there you go. remarkable. I think Good you've won. You rolled yeah. a natural 20. Good job. Uh, I'm never yeah. allowed to come back. Yeah. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> edit, edit, edit. But, yeah, you take, a, you take an element of who you are as a person and put it into a character, you're absolutely going to be invested in it. If you're just like, well, you know... I you and on the opposite end you could 
create a character based on something that you've always wanted to be. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Like, oh, I'm a quiet, shy person. This is my opportunity to be the extrovert, to be the hero that I've always wanted to be, but I've never really been able to explore that option. That gives the person a chance to say, like, this is a facet of my personality that I'd like to explore. What's your topic, Lisko? Uh, my topic would be what makes a good NPC? How does a DM create a decent NPC? Well, I want to hear from you and Todd first because you haven't sat in the DM chair yet. <laughs> so I want to hear from you guys first and then we'll get to our DMs. I like Huggy Bear. From the old Starsky and Hutch, you know, you I had the, the guy. No, the guy, the the I guy, know. the guy who's always hanging around, and up until recently, the pimp. That guy was Hank, and Hank oh. was my favorite NPC. Yeah. Until we sent Belkus away, and you actually took up playing Hank. Hank was always my favorite NPC, and and I I love the fact that you're playing him live. That's that's fantastic. But that's what I like. I like that go-to guy who's in every episode. Who who you you comes in, throws his thing down, and then and then and then leaves. And you go, oh man, that was funny. You yeah. know? Todd, that was my favorite thing to do as a DM, to play his character because I knew eventually he would play Hank again. Mm -hmm. So I'd look over at him when I had to play him as an NPC, and I'd look at Kenny. And I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong. I think I always did the stuff that Kenny would have done. With Absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. loved when you knew what I would do. And we've been playing together think, yeah, a long time. Yeah. But it was a great shout out to, all right, I'm actually going to play this NPC the way I think Kenny would play. That made me feel so good that I was able to accomplish that. Like that, that was like, you nailed that was it. my favorite thing of DMing. Oh, I loved it. I don't want to see how he plays Ocean. <laughs> Not at all. Go ahead, Lise. Uh, as far as NPCs go, I'd have to say my favorite are the entertaining ones, the absolutely ridiculous, deranged individuals that we come across. Because, you know, every so often you need uh, comic relief and to be informative. I love it when you have to play a fish person. <laughs> yeah. Just I am, see. I am not critical role. Let's put it out there. No, yeah, no. I'm definitely not a voice actor. No, but you you do a good job making sure that we stay entertained. And you know, having uh, blacksmiths be the foil of Josh's yeah, character. Yeah, that's a running gag. Uh, Every and, blacksmith. And, he has and to alchemists. Have sex with them. And alchemists. No. And alchemists. No. No. Yeah. He he pissed him off. I'd have that's to say a, a make of a good NPC. At, is a mixture between being informative and being humorous having because sometimes a, a campaign can get really serious and can get really heavy you kind of need that that release that bit of comic relief to uh to lighten it and and rejuvenate rejuvenate there you go people yeah words yeah <laughs> <laughs> i to me to me as a non-dm i i appreciate npcs that can uh, bring a lightness to the campaign. Every halfling Mike has ever played <laughs> as an NPC has been my favorite to the point where I did a callback to Mike. When oh, I right, first yeah. started DMing, I brought in a halfling who was an asshole. And Mike plays the asshole halfling perfectly. He's like, what? What do you want? Get out of here, you prick. What do you want? You want this? I'll give you this. I'll give you this too. 
the voice he does, the the mannerisms he does along with the voice, the information he gives, it's like what Lisa said. It is hilarious and informative. And Mike's halflings, and it, it, I guess it doesn't have to be a halfling. It's any small statured asshole he's ever had be an NPC. That's because I'm playing myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, come on, that was good. That was fantastic because it's true. I know. I know. See, I, I, in real life, I'm not a paladin. I'm a little <laughs> asshole. You're a halfling asshole. And I'm really good at saying. But, yeah. he, but they've always been my favorite NPCs you've done. Um, That's cool. I, I didn't really realize oh, that, honestly. Fantastic. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, Jeffy. So I'll, I'll throw out, yeah, along with that, um, to help out uh, the the DMs that want to you know start into this. Uh, for an NPC, go ahead and go with the tropes. You know, make your your dwarf that sounds like Gimli from Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing. Give them the the traditional Scottish accent and and go from that. Um, but also with your NPCs, you don't have to fully flesh them out. You know, you don't have to have a full character sheet for every single NPC. You just need those couple traits that define them. You only you need like three or four things. Uh, if you think they're going to be in some kind of combat, yeah, you might have to develop some stats or, or attack abilities for them. But just give them those traits that, and then you got to follow them. If they're going to be that cocky asshole, you need to make sure every time you have an interaction, you got to um, go back unless to... Unless they have an epiphany. They're going to be a cocky asshole. Yeah, unless they have some... Um, Character-changing life. Character-defining yeah. event. That, that that changes them, and then you need to write that down and note that nope, they're no longer that; they're this. But that's how I would handle an NPC: is you, you give them those few character uh, traits, and you stick with them. And I think that, and then if, if it's somebody that they come back to more than once, your party comes back to you, develop them a little bit more, you add more and more to them. And if they become that huggy bear recurring character that's always there you will eventually end up with essentially a full character that just isn't in the game. Yeah. Uh, Or I I shouldn't say isn't in the game. Is in the game, but is not being played by someone at the table. It's being played by you. That's a great blueprint. Mike, I want two things from you. (sighs) I want, as the resident master DM, what do you like to, what do you think is important for an NPC? And then as a sometimes player... What do you like in an NPC? Uh, it's the same, actually. I mean, I, that's not a cop-out. Um, I think, well, I'll give you an example of my favorite NPC, Pip. Okay, Pip is a scarecrow who's basically absolutely worthless, okay? Phenomenal color. He's a living scarecrow, but he's a good guy. Looks absolutely hideous. Everybody's afraid of him, but he's, he's, he's lawful stupid. He's, he is. He's lawful stupid. He's lawful good. So he is the nicest person you'd ever want to encounter. And he interacts with other people, but he's, he is dumb too. He's he has very a very dumb. low IQ, very low wisdom. He's very um, uh, non-worldly, okay? He's, he's basically been put in the, um, the garden of our palace, you know, and he lives in that little area and he takes care of it. And he makes sure the crops grow for our our local uh, palace people, okay? Now, for instance, he's a worthless character, but somebody, I think it was... Um, Josh. Josh, yeah, gave him lemon seeds. And Pip has one little neat thing that he can do is he can grow any seed that's planted in him, you know? Yep. But Josh gave him magical seeds, and these were magical lemons, and they were actually animated. So now he had lemons 
go rotten and the seeds were in him. He has hundreds of little lemons walking around. Now he's training them. They have pikes. There is a little army. I mean, it's color. I mean, <laughs> it's and it's, but every time you deal with him, it's something different. It's something odd. It's off the wall. It's, it's strange. It's a left turn. NPCs that provide a left turn. That's my favorite thing. Like, what the fuck is this? And not a Jeff left turn. No, no, no. 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 But like, a, oh, this has nothing to do with the plot. And yes. it doesn't. It has nothing to do with the plot. It has nothing to do with any plot. Now, if you want to go into it and you want to explore it and you want to be part of that, that's fine. Because, you know, but it's still not going to be anything. Right. It's purely it's color. purely color. Fun. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a moving piece of art. Or is that what we're supposed to think? And then Pip's going to overtake the keep with his No, because he's lawful army. good. Right. If he so. wasn't lawful good, he wouldn't. But Pip may save the keep right. with his That's what I want to see. Someday. I want to see us get attacked and yes. then these lemons come out of nowhere. What was the last thing he was doing with the up. what was the last thing he was doing with the lemons? He was uh, running drill. Marching them. And then yeah. what was he going to give all the lemons with little pikes? Little wooden pikes, right? No, he, he was, already no, gave. he's putting Poison, on purple worm poison oh, on every one of the pipes. But what? Okay, so just because he's lawfully good doesn't mean that the lemons are lawfully that good. That is true. So if you have a lemon uprising, Pip has caused the downfall of the whole. But see, that's it. It's a left <laughs> turn. It's a left turn. It's a left turn. If we that's come how back. our party goes, I'm <laughs> awesome. okay it's, with yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. If Zoshin dies from 35 lemons hitting him with poison. A lemon party killed Zoshin? Yeah, well, you know, that, I think that would that's a sour ending. Oh, oh boo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, there you go. There you Those go. lemons are small enough to get up inside of the his armor. armor. That's right. Yeah. And bypass crawl, his armor class. I'm not even going to go there. All, all they need is a paper cut. And then, yeah. Oh, it's over. It's over. Squirt in my eyes. Think about that. Blinded. 2d6 damage blinding. Oh, but man. as a player, I don't care. I really don't care about what NPCs because here's the deal. I'm going to flesh out your NPC for you. You're, yeah, you've done that. Well, I'm going to make you tell me. Give me a one-dimensional oh, NPC. You're such a jerk. I I'm going to I'm going to find that. out who their mom, their dad is, what their likes, dislikes are. Do they, do they are are they um, a fan of rough sex? You what, really, what do you what do you whatever I want to know? I'm going to get. He really makes you work for yeah, it. That's okay though, your because that's my job skills, as a that's my job as a as a gamer. Your improv skills have to be top notch. I will say I knew enough going into my first foray as a DM in this group. I over-prepared my NPCs (laughs) because I knew that's where you guys would go. See, I'm too lazy to do that. I I pull the whole Jeff thing. I give him one or two special traits. See, I I know. Jeff is right. And you dig and you dig and you won't let it go. Jeff is right. Every DM should have a general outline of their NPC. I don't do that at all. I just print a picture out. Give them an A. Yeah. In in all honesty, there's there's some things you just have to do off the cuff. I, I do recall a session where... Josh, Josh's barbarian <laughs> decided to converse with blades of grass. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, I can't make that NPC. I thought, I thought Mike was going to go cross-eyed at the DM's side. But <laughs> that was good though. And Josh did a good job. Yeah, he does. Josh gets it's upset. Like, well, what have you seen? I don't know. I can only look in one direction. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And he's thinking they're going to be eloquent and like yeah, you know, super smart. And it's like, no, it's a blade of grass. It's a blade of grass. <laughs> in one place. Josh gets upset because he's talking with dumb things. I'm like, well, I'm going to play. I could play a dumb thing really well. You know, sorry, buddy. You lose, you know. That's but it was life. it was truly a moment. It was it was yeah. a circle. That that and anytime anytime the druid has to talk to talk to the animals. 
And I, oh, think, oh. I, think, I think the donkey is her favorite one. Yeah, but. yeah. Lisa, donkey. want to tell us about the donkey at the cave? I hate that donkey. Tell us about the donkey. Lilith <laughs> loved the donkey. A real jackass. Yeah. He is a real jackass. No, he's that's just that's an NPC. Somebody, somebody cast a spell that it made... was the satyr cast a spell. Oh, that's right. To to make him be able to speak, and I wish that that had never happened. It is hilarious, though. It, it's hilarious, but man, he is an ass. That okay. donkey really <laughs> liked the horses. And he does not shut up. No, everybody's sitting at the table. How many NPCs do we have in our game? A million? Yeah. No, really, seriously. We we at least have well over a hundred, hundreds. Yeah. yeah. We it, have a hundred plus in the keep alone. And, and I would say with the donkey, none of us are evil enough, but we've all contemplated all killing contemplated, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did a Facebook uh, post in a lot of the... Uh, TTRPG groups oh, right. asking, hey, we are going to hire guards mm-hmm. for our keep. If you'd like to have your character or a character in your game live on in our game, give us a basic outline of what your character is. We are going to level them down to five and we will hire them or at least give them the opportunity to be hired as one of our guard keeps. Yeah. And it blew up. It did. We got over a hundred submissions for characters that we then pared down, put in a spreadsheet, took to the group, and yep. we did a hiring. And I will also add, Josh rightfully thought, we took some of them on our last adventure. We did. Right. We took four or five of them we with did. us that had the sailing background to take on our sailing adventure. Yeah. And we had them help us out. No, I, I don't get, um, you know, tugging the heartstrings much, but a lot of those people said that, you know, my gaming group broke up. I had this character for nine levels, and and I'd like to see him keep adventuring. And you know, and that, that really that really hit me. Yeah. Or hey, know? I wrote up this character that I've always wanted to play, I never got a and I live in buttfuck Nebraska, yeah, and, and I, I can't. can't play this right. character. Yeah. So what? No, not my, that we have anything against Nebraska, my, or, or buttfucking in Nebraska. My dad is from buttfuck Nebraska, <laughs> so I can say that. You've got people that have never gotten the chance to play their character, and they want to see something. And so we gave him something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a that was an interesting way to bring about a whole new slew of characters really into neat. into the game. That was awesome. That was your idea? Yeah, social experiment. Idea. Yeah, I thought yeah. it might work, and it, it worked. And to, and to be truth to be truthful, we interviewed every Everyone. one of them. Yeah. So Some they, of them didn't get hired. <laughs> no, that's right. Sorry. Hopefully, it wasn't but, your ninth level character that you're not playing anymore. <laughs> right. But they but they did they did they came to life and. And we just took them on our on our on a recent uh, sailing venture, so and, and actually brought most of them back. One of them actually died. Yeah, but we brought and, him back. Well, he was part of our keep, mm-hmm. and we are loyal to our people. And so we took his dead body back to our keep and had him resurrected. Yep, because one of the many people we have to keep is a high level cleric. Right. Yeah. Who's up next? I think that. I think that's the show. That's about it. Yeah. Oh no, kidding. That's that the went show. Fast. That, that went, went fast, fast. Wow. when you're having fun. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. That is the show, folks. So thank you for listening to this episode of Roll with the Party. Uh, we hope you come back for our next episode. Uh, we are going to start recording it here shortly, and uh, we are going to get some really great content here for you. So thank you for listening for the Bakery Crew. I'm Ken. I'm Mike. I'm Jeff. I'm still Todd. And I'm Lisa. Yes, you are. <laughs> and that's the show. Have fun, everybody. Yeah.